Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Culture Conversations. As always, I am your host, Marina Manier, multimedia reporter at the Columbia Chronicle, and I'm here today with... Micah Thurston, I'm the advertising manager for the Chronicle. And Mike Rundle, I'm a staff photographer. Alright, uh, you know what? We put Mike on the spot last time. Ooh. Micah? It's your turn. You're going first. <laughs> okay. Um, so, how do I want to start this? Uh, Toy Story. If you guys have been on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, social media at all, you probably have noticed a lot of people freaking out about the announcement of a fourth installment to the Toy Story series. One of the best, in my opinion, and I think... That critically acclaimed oh, yeah. uh, series mm-hmm. out of Pixar. If you're listening to this, you probably grew up watching them. They're probably some of your favorite movies. Um, they definitely were for mine. Toy Story 3, although Mike hasn't seen it for some Which reason. <laughs> had all of us in tears, and it was the, uh, like... It was such a perfect ending to the series because it was so bittersweet. Um, you knew that they were in good hands when they were left with Connie. Is that her name? The little girl. Definitely. Don't um, and Andy went off to college. And yeah, the toys had a new home and they weren't going to be burned alive in an incinerator. So it was a good ending. It's all good. Yeah, yeah. basically. Sounds pretty dramatic for a kid's movie. So <laughs> there's like very little information about the fourth one, but I'm very conflicted because, like I said, um, I love the Toy Story series, so, like, the idea that I get to see them again on on screen is great. But at the same time, is it necessary? Like I just said, the ending was so great. Like, what else can they bring to the table? What if they just completely ruined the series? Um, I guess that's just me being a pessimist, but <laughs> I'm really, really nervous for this. They also added... A, new character that's like a spork and he has like um like button eyes and stuff like that and there's no context as as to why he's there or what he is and i feel like they added that character for the new generation like oh look at this weird little funny toy and i'm like no it's all like toy story is for us it's not for you um so yeah, what do you guys think at I, all? Have you seen the trailer? I have seen the trailer. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen the trailer. I've seen the, the pictures, and I just mm-hmm. want to say the spork, it mm-hmm. makes me think of, like... His name is Forky, I think. Really? All yeah. Right. Oh, wow. All right. Gosh, all right. <laughs> they could have done a better job. <laughs> right? It's like they didn't even try with that. Wow. Come I mean, on. It just makes me think of, like, they're modernizing it, like, oh, here's this, like, homemade toy that came from Andy's mom's friend's pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's for you. That's funny. Yeah I... yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, on the one hand, like, I'm curious to see how they do integrate, like, modern day toys, because I think it's very different what kids do to amuse themselves now. Mm-hmm. But, like, also, I understand your protective, like, mm-hmm. feeling, because Toy Story was so nostalgic and, like, personal to our age group, I think. And they did wrap it up so nicely at the end of the third one. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure where they can go from here unless it's too, like, I was, I was talking to someone about it, actually, and they said maybe they would just use, like, the original Toy Story toys as kind of, like, a gateway to introduce other toys and like so it wouldn't actually be about them mm-hmm. and it would sort of move forward which mm-hmm. like well according to tim allen the plot of the film is they're looking for bo peep because a, a oh. lot of a, 
a lot of people noticed that Bo Peep just wasn't in the third movie and there was no explanation as to why she wasn't in there. So apparently that's what the story is about. So Hmm. that tells me that it's going to follow the same characters. I don't know if Andy's going to be in it again. There's not a lot of information. The trailer was like 10 seconds and it was it was just the characters yeah. like it didn't show anything i just what is this fork man like <laughs> right. what is this yeah i feel like one of the downfalls could be like if they if it gets too preachy and it takes the stance of like oh kids are on their phones today yes. and they're like don't Please play with don't toys anymore. I'm so like, worried about that. i feel like that could very well be the downfall of like something like this like the kids are just playing with iphones uh-huh. or, right. and they won't play and with the toys, the toys. yeah right. like that'd be annoying like it's, it's overdone. Like it is overdone. And also, it's, like, mm-hmm. not even completely true. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we don't... And I will, like, I was... I was really confused by Forky, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, I expected, if they're trying to, like, talk about a new generation of toys, that is the opposite of what kids play with. Like, exactly. what is this character supposed to be and why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> and not to be, like, stereotypical, but I have two nieces, and I can attest to the fact that they don't make homemade toys. <laughs> uh, they, like Mike said, they don't just play on phones all day, but my niece has known how to operate a phone since she was, like, one years old. Right. And uh, she does have, like, classic toys, um, but she does go to YouTube a lot, so yeah. who knows? I don't know. It's, I guess it all depends on who they're trying to market this film to. I really hope it's us yeah. <laughs> and not my nieces. Sorry, sweeties, but y'all can, y'all can have the monster... Uh, monster brats or whatever it is. We'll, we'll stick to Toy Story. Oh, <laughs> we're, we're very disconnected from yeah. the modern toy world. Oh my god! Like I said, I have nieces, so I know about all the new stuff, and it's whack. Is that a real thing, monster brats? Yeah, it's, it's called Monster High. That's that, what it yeah, is. Okay. Yeah, monster yeah. High. I have three nieces yeah. too, and I think they're all into that or something very similar. Peppa Pig. <laughs> that, that too. Sorry. Oh my god. Pig. What's the other one that's really popular now too? That's um I can't think of it. Uh, uh Paw Patrol. Don't look at me. Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. Oh, okay. I have, loves yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. Especially the younger big. ones. Like yeah. yeah that's yeah. big. I don't know. We'll see. Like mm-hmm. I it's kinda like what you said. It's depending on who they're marketing to, I think. Because mm-hmm. if they're marketing to us, they might try to go for that, like, why are these young kids on their phones all the time? Yeah. Like, don't you miss your toys, 20-year-olds? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, it, it really depends on what they're trying to do. But if they're trying to get, like, the young kid audience that maybe they don't already have, I don't know if young kids have seen Toy Story or not. Mm-hmm. But, like... That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, we'll, we'll see. I want to be cautiously optimistic about it. I personally, like, I really enjoyed Incredibles 2. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that if done well, like, a, a long-term follow-up sequel can be good. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I think Incredibles 2, since we're talking about it, did a really good (laughs) job of um, marketing to both the original generation that grew Mm -hmm. up with the first Incredibles, but also to a new generation, because I took my younger brother and sister to Incredibles 2, and they hadn't even seen Incredibles 1. I know, right? And they really liked Incredibles 2, and I also really liked Incredibles (laughs) 2. Um, And they also made commentary on the whole, like, oh... The screen slaver. We're <laughs> we're slaves to our phones, oh you know. Um, but it was still a good movie. So yeah, yeah. Toy Story Four. <laughs> the pressure is on. Don't <laughs> fail us. It's true. All eyes on you, Pixar. 
right, Frank. May the odds be ever in your oh, favor. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, would you, like a, would you like a turn going second? Um, sure, I would like a turn going second. So I'd like to switch gears a little bit <laughs> and talk about uh, music things as I do. Because sure, I sure. like... He literally just so, told me that you were doing so this. Sorry. Calm. No, it's okay. So like how Micah so so common or so nicely points out that I am not up to date on my movies or yeah. anything. Anyway, uh, so Greta Van Fleet question mark. Um, so the reason I'm bringing this up now is because I don't know if y'all have noticed, but they've been spray painting the sidewalks with their logo on I campus. Yeah. And it's Wait, around. on our campus? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, not them, obviously, but their oh. street teams oh. have been spray painting Greta Van Fleet on the sidewalks oh, outside our Oh, I did see buildings. that. It was right in front of a Chronicle newsstand, actually. Yeah. And oh, I was like, what really? is that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they kept walking. Get out of here. Girl. Yeah, yeah, get out of here. So <laughs> Why does I guess, your font look like the Stranger Things font? <laughs> that, that's also good. I didn't think about that. Man, they're just, like, appropriating a lot of things. Um, <laughs> Yikes. So, um, yeah, so basically that's kind of what I wanted to talk about was, like, Everyone is, well, not everyone, a lot of people are massively criticizing them for basically being a Led Zeppelin ripoff, and they're not wrong, because it does sound exactly like Led Zeppelin, it has, like, the same lyrical content, and, like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, for example, um, Micah, as not as versed or not as familiar, um, yeah. Pitchfork, uh, reviewed their most recent album, Anthem of the Peaceful Army. And um, <clears throat> this is a, a quote from uh, the uh, review, which was not positive. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, Greta Van Fleet sound like they did weed exactly once, <laughs> called the cops, and tried to record a Led Zeppelin album before they arrested themselves. Oh my God. The poor kids from Frankenmuth, Michigan, don't even realize they're more of an algorithmic fever dream than an actual rock band. While they're selling out shows all over the world, somewhere in a boardroom, a half dozen people are figuring out how exactly Jimmy Page and Robert Plant are supposed to fit into the SUV with the rest of the Greta Van Fleet boys on carpool karaoke. Yikes. Dang. <laughs> so they definitely came for them. Yeah, it was a brutal review. Yeah. What did so, they give it? Did they like... I think it was a 1.6. Yikes. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Pitchfork is kind of notoriously harsh. Yeah, but it's Yeah, that was rough. That's really bad. Um, so... Yeah, so people say they're essentially copying from Led Zeppelin, Mm -hmm. like I said. Was it a bad album, or was it reviewed negatively because it copied Led Zeppelin? Or is that what makes it bad? That's kind of what I would like to talk about. Yeah, Yeah. like Mm -hmm. if, like, that review almost sounded like a kids these days complaint, (laughs) you know? But, like, my thing is, like, they're copying Led Zeppelin. Okay. Mm-hmm. What band doesn't have Led Zeppelin in them? Sure. What rock band doesn't have other rock bands? Yeah, in like them? some kind of inspiration. Right. Uh, like, oh. I mean, is there a difference between inspiration though and copying? Like, that, I, yeah, like, like you said, I have no idea what they sound like, but I have heard this before, and I literally saw a meme on Facebook that was like. Uh, Greta Van Fleet? Yeah. <laughs> Greta Van Fleet yes. or Led Zeppelin? And yeah. I just scrolled past it because I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> um, but now I do. So, yeah. I don't know. No, yeah, you're right because there is, yeah, there is a difference between inspiration and copying. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. something that comes to my mind is like, someone, when Harry Styles' first solo album came out, it mm-hmm. was like lauded as like, oh, he is like 
the remaking next like the yeah the yeah. next Bowie, but yeah. at the same time he's also like redoing like Elton John and like all these guys mm-hmm. and but like Who so is that Harry like Styles the is the next David Bowie? A lot of people. Yeah, say a that. lot of people because he has like that kind of like metrosexual like. Mm-hmm. Flowy vibe. I yeah. don't know. I mean, a lot okay, of the music, too, because, yeah. like, that's what they were saying. Like, oh, he redid the rock ballad. Yeah. And, I mean, like, that album was incredible. Like, so it maybe is great. that the right way to go about it? Mm-hmm. But, like, and redoing it? But at the same time, still, this Greta Van Fleet thing, like, my thing is, like, why can't you just, like, enjoy it? Instead of being, <sighs> like, like, oh, they're just a rip-off Led Zeppelin. Like, mm-hmm. wait, right. like Led Zeppelin doesn't even sound like Led Zeppelin anymore. <laughs> like, why can't they? I think it's a nostalgia thing. You know, like like yeah. we were just talking about Toy Story. Like, I'm very protective over Toy Story. So, like, why can't I just enjoy Toy Story 4? No, because <laughs> I have personally taken it under my wing as my own, despite the fact that I have no ownership over it whatsoever. <laughs> it is mine. And I think that's what they're doing right now with that. Mm, I think Being protective over the original Led Zeppelin? That makes yeah. sense. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I... I understand where the Pitchfork reviewer is coming from. Also, I, I'm, like, not a huge fan of their stage personas. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that they really lean into, like, a hippy-dippy, <laughs> like, kind of, like, Native American-inspired but sort of also appropriated mm-hmm. vibe mm-hmm. that is not totally earned. And so I, I think that maybe that might influence my opinion. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, when I first read that Pitchfork review, I thought it was hilarious <laughs> because it just yeah. rakes them over the coals. And, like, that's <laughs> sort of how I feel about them. They, they always seem a little bit posery to me. Mm-hmm. So I think that might be part of it. Like, you can be inspired by a band, but if, if, if you're trying too hard, it might not come across very well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's I, sort of what I get from them. Yeah, I feel like they could benefit from not trying to go so much for like clout culture yeah (laughs) and like that type of image Mm -hmm. um i mean granted from like some things that i've read like people say that they were like listening to like 70s rock albums when they were like 12 years old or something Mm -hmm. so like i mean is it like original inspiration like (laughs) who can say i guess but like and if that would be the case then you could argue that the monetization of their music or whatever didn't come until they were like signed or sure. or until they became popular mm-hmm. and then they were just like oh do this do that it makes more money yeah but at the same time like if their goal is to be that anyway like without outside influence right. then it's like kind of problematic yeah yeah i i think probably what people have an issue with and what i kind of can relate to and understand a little bit is like maybe develop your own identity as a band mm-hmm. like it feels like they lean really hard into the led zeppelin comparisons so they don't work very hard to have like a strong greta van fleet identity mm-hmm. which like that's not super appealing to me yeah no, that yeah. makes sense i don't know i like led zeppelin but mm-hmm. i also like greta van fleet yeah like is that okay i think so like... i mean I mean, is that okay for me to like both bands? I mean, I also like. How do you feel about them? Like, do you think that they are separate? Like, are they completely different, or do they feel very similar to you? I mean, they feel very similar, but to me, it's like, like the modern day like incarnation of what people right now think classic rock is. Okay. Like, like there's other bands like them, like Wolf Mother, for example. I don't know if y'all are familiar, but they basically (laughs) sound the same. Like, there's a whole group of like that style of rock, like. 
kind of like Jack White esque. Yeah. And because I feel like he would also get thrown into that category. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know because. Like, I mean, everyone has the music they like. Everyone has the music that they want to make. And if they are having a good time making it, then I feel like you should just let it be. Let it lie. Sure. And I don't know. I guess that's my opinion on it. Yeah, that's. I think that's a good point. Like, maybe put the emphasis on is their music good and are they enjoying themselves rather than putting the emphasis on, like, people shouldn't support them because they're not original enough. Right. Yeah. But that's not to say that they're not also problematic because of some <laughs> other things, like <laughs> like perhaps the way they dress, yeah. things like that. I don't know. I yeah. mean, I, supposedly Elton John inspired them to start wearing more emphatic. Really? Like they, Elton John had a quote or something where he said, I'm paraphrasing something about like they were the best blanking rockers that he had heard in like 25 years wow, and that right. they needed to like flaunt it or something like that. <laughs> so supposedly that's where they got that. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's, they're an interesting group, I think, especially right now because yeah. it's, it's, it's on the line between they're just a a band for the Spotify algorithms or they're a band because this is actually what they love and Mm -hmm. will anyone ever know the difference? Yeah. So. That's tough. Any Mm. thoughts, Micah? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sorry. That's okay. Um, I guess it's my turn. This is so weird, going last. Um, So I am also talking about music today, which is uncharacteristic, but also it's kind of TV. (laughs) So... The rapper, and I'm not 100% certain on how to pronounce his stage name. I'm going to say Tentacion. I think That'll that's work. right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for our purposes, XXXTentacion um, was a really controversial rapper. He was in the headlines a lot for um, doing some, some pretty messed up things. Um, and despite that, he still had a lot of... Twitter stands, a lot of like really <laughs> hardcore fans, um, who would defend him and said he was just like a really cool bad boy. That was kind of the image that a lot of people who liked him said that he had. So he actually died um, this past June. He was shot, um, and now there was a casting call put up online November fourteenth uh, for a pilot for a television show about his life. And a lot of people have very strong feelings about this because he still has a lot of like really diehard fans who are saying that he had a really complicated, messed up life um, and it could be fodder for a really interesting story. However, um, the controversial things he did were really controversial and usually illegal. Um, he was in juvie for a time, and when he did an interview later, he said that when he was in juvie, he um, he stomped the head of his cellmate, who uh, he said was gay because he was staring at him. Um, he he said that he was he like basically beat him up and like wiped his own blood on his face, um, and he bragged about it in an interview, and he also. Uh, he was charged for a lot of things over his life. He was charged for home evasion, aggravated battery, um, and kind of most famously, domestic abuse. There was a, a really notable incident where his ex-girlfriend um, 
basically came out and said that he had been abusing her physically and emotionally for months. Um, she said that he had threatened to rape her with a barbecue fork. Um, he, she said that uh, she told him that she was pregnant and he uh, started beating her up, uh, basically trying to induce um, the death of the child. And then he locked her in a room and took her cell phone and she was trapped there for two days until she escaped and contacted the police. Um, he was undergoing, well, he was basically, um, he was released from jail after these charges and the trial had not yet happened at the time of his death. Um, it kept getting pushed back and pushed back and he was still going on tour before the trial. Um, so basically, um, I, it, it, it kind of brings to mind the idea that I think there are a lot of famous men who have done these terrible things to women. I mean, Chris Brown and R. Kelly come to mind, and they haven't really faced professional repercussions. So I think to separate supporting him, I, I, I want to make the distinction between supporting him and supporting telling his story. Do you think that his story should be told regardless of how good of a person he was? No, I mean, it's it's a tough thing to talk about because he is deceased, mm -hmm. but I think it depends on how they tell it. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think if it paints him as any sort of hero, paints him any sort of, as any sort of inspiration, as any, any, any sort of good person, I don't think it should be told because I I think if it's just like watering down all of the terrible things that he did. It's like if you're going to come out and present this guy as a hero of the rap scene, I mean, and I think that's when it comes to telling a story, I think it all depends on how they're going to tell it. If they're going to really show what happened to his wife or girlfriend um, and all the things that he essentially tortured her with, like, if you're actually going to show this and, like, explain that what happened, then, like, okay, I can understand, like, why it's being told. Um, but if it's, if it's just going to, like, gloss over it, then I think it's doing nobody justice, um, especially people that are victims of abuse. So. Yeah. What do you think, Micah? Um, so, like Mike said a little earlier ago um i am very strongly like very strongly against speaking negatively about people who are not alive um so it's kind of hard for me to really develop an opinion about this as as well as the fact that i um I know, like, of this story of the uh, domestic violence allegations and the um, the story about him in juvie and just basically that he was a really violent person, mm -hmm. apparently. Um, but, yeah, I'd like to know what route they're trying to take with the film. Is it talking about his music? Is it talking about his childhood? Is it talking about, like, his impact on rap? Is it talking about, you know, like, leading up to his death? Is it just, like, a general biopic? Do you have, like, any information about what the film is? No, they haven't done any official press releases or anything. Mm -hmm. Literally all they have is they posted the casting call, and the casting call 
uh, they're Cassian Fuller, XXS Tentacion, and the description for him was um, confident. He had to have swagger. Like, basically, they were selling him as, like, this confident, cool guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I What irks me is that... Uh, I'm such an old head. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> but when people... People keep comparing him to, like, the OGs of rap. And, like you said, saying that he's, like, the best rapper of all time and he's already getting a movie made about him. I just think that's such a slap in the face to all of the OGs. You know, they revolutionized the hip-hop movement and the rap movement and really got it kick-started. So it's just crazy to me that we're making a movie about this guy. Um, I don't know. I really haven't listened to his music, so I can't say much. But, oh, like... I don't know. There's just other rappers that I think that are making such a amazing impact, both on the rap and hip hop community, and also on communities in general. Whether it's like the black community or um, just general activism, like Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like why? Like why? Why him? Why? Why does he? What has he done that deserves a essentially two hour film? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I completely agree. I think that's kind of where I fall with it. Um, I really wonder what value they think it has to tell his story. Um, I I agree with what you said, Mike. Like it depends on what angle they're taking. Um, because they're if they're exploring what made him this violent person, I I think I could understand that a little bit as long as it doesn't cross into the territory of trying to elicit sympathy. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'm not here for that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to hear, like, oh, he... And, again, I'm going to say allegedly because I don't know if they came to a conclusion on whether or not... Yeah, there was never a trial. So so. I'm going to use the word allegedly. Um, Not to insult his um, ex-girlfriend or side with him or anything, but if they're going to use this film to like say this is why he allegedly mm-hmm. hurt his ex-girlfriend like he had a really rough childhood that's why he was so violent like i don't know that's no excuse that's so problematic right. like we need to stop making we need to stop selling that message that you know um bad experiences allows you to be a bad person yeah. i don't know yeah i i, I think that like and it sounds like he did, from what I've read, he, it seems like he did have a very rough childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm not, I, I don't understand why they feel the need to tell his story over, like you said, the stories of all these other people who have had such incredible impacts. And, like, I, I'm sure, I'm certain that many of them also had rough childhoods and, like, didn't mm-hmm. turn to the things that he turned to. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know, and I'm also not terribly interested in seeing a movie with a protagonist who is horrifically and violently homophobic. Like, that's <laughs> not appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I, I guess I just feel like, even if they do take the angle of exploring what could have driven him to do what he did, I hope they tread lightly, because I, to portray the kind of things that he, he bragged about and he allegedly did um, 
could be horrifically traumatic for a the victims of those things to see on a screen um and b the people who might be able to relate to those victims um Mm -hmm. and also i wonder like if the showrunners have communicated with his ex-girlfriend at all like how does she feel about this happening um true because like you said like i mean it we don't know for sure i guess like it never went to trial so um i mean i tend to err on believing her but we also have no idea, but it still feels like it needs to be handled very carefully and very respectfully in terms of the people that he hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that needs to be the side that they err mm-hmm. on. Agreed. So. Good. I think that's a really positive note <laughs> after this horrifically yeah. sad topic. <laughs> okay, well, thank you all so much for listening. Special thanks to WCRX, Chicago's underground. We will be back again in two weeks for our very last episode of the semester. Thanks again, and have a great week.